Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. Okay, today's part three of the traits of a kingdom leader. And now today, but today we, we've already talked about the nine traits of a kingdom leader. So Can I, go ahead and give those nine. I want to give And them. then we, th- today we're going to talk about what you're not supposed to do. Yeah. That's, which that's, is basically Jason's that's life. exactly right. Okay, so here are the nine traits. They're above reproach, faithful in marriage, temperate, self-controlled, disciplined, hospitable, able to teach, manage your family well, and worthy of respect. If you didn't get a chance to listen to our previous two podcasts, we dive into each of those in detail. And today we're going to talk about five things that they don't do. So there was nine things that they are kingdom and, leaders and five things that they're not. And that's what we want to, we want to hit today. But before we do, let me just take some time just real quick to thank our podcast sponsor, Christian Healthcare Ministries. My wife and I just went through about, oh, dollars $60,000 worth of hospital bills for our daughter, Lundy. A lot of you know about our daughter, Lundy, with what she was happening with her eyes or excuse me, with her eye in that accident. But a Christian healthcare has paid all of it. I mean, they have, they have shared that stuff out. It's just, it's non-traditional health sharing. Like cost sharing. It's yep. not insurance, but it's cost sharing. And I'm telling you, it is so the and our, and our premiums, which are just our monthly donation checks, are Jason and I, I mean, it's half or even less than half of what most people are paying for insurance. So go to expertownership.com slash CHM to find out more information. They're fantastic. All right. And we we actually, last month, we did our expert ownership mastermind in Vail, Colorado. And it was so incredibly fun. We had, I forget how many people we had. We didn't just under 30, to, yeah. just under 30, which is exactly what we wanted. We wanted 30 or less. If we ever host another one of those, you've got to make sure you sign up fast because it was incredible. But on the heels of that, David and I were thinking about podcasting. We we thought we need to talk about traits of a kingdom leader because leadership was definitely a theme at our mastermind. And it's something that we're passionate about. So we talked about the nine traits that a kingdom leader is, but now let's look at five things that he's not. And this is pulled directly out of 1 Timothy 3. And these are things that the apostle Paul, the older man, is telling younger Timothy what he needs to do and the type of people that he needs to bring on to run the business of the church. And he, so he gave us those nine traits and then he comes back and he says, here are five things they should not be. So here's the first one. This is so good. He's not given to drunkenness. Okay. Now we think not given to drunkenness. Oh yeah. He can't be drunk. Like, no, it's, it's all about controlling the appetite, mm. especially for things that intoxicate. Yeah. That's why I think, uh, Proverbs Solomon is talking. He says it's not for it's not for kings to desire strong drink, which means the things that can intoxicate for a leader, it's not for you to go after those things. You know, it's it's. I'm not saying that you can't have wine with your steak or whatever. You know, I, I'm not saying any of that. What I am saying is it's not for you to go after it. It's not for you to desire it. It's yeah. like oh, I can't wait to have a, a cold beer. I can't wait to have empty the six pack. You know, it's not that. So that's what this is talking about. It's, it's, we talked earlier about how he was temperate, but here he's not the kind of guy that just wants to be, just wants to give into his appetite. 
Yeah. At all times. You yeah, don't want to do that. You know, you know, it's interesting because, you know, when we think about, I just think about leaders and sometimes I've heard leaders say, well, well, you know, Jesus did, Jesus drank and Jesus did this. And, and it's like, okay, that's great. You can, you know, whatever you can have a glass. Of, we're not going into the whole alcohol debate here. But what I am saying is this, you are a leader, you are a king. And scripture is very clear that kings have to set aside things. Even the apostle Paul said he sets aside certain things because he's free to enjoy things. But because of someone's weakness, he's actually willing to set aside his freedom. So really the ultimate essence of this is just, you're not drunken. There's not drunkenness. You're not like overindulging and controlled by these appetites that Really, you know, it, it just goes back up into one of the quality characteristics of the kingdom leader, which is self-control. If you're given to drunkenness, you lack self-control. Yeah. And and quite often we lack self-control because we don't understand the leadership mantle that we have on our lives. And we're not willing to lay down our liberties so that we can actually walk in more power. That's the yeah. most important and I, thing. And I, I like the way that buddy of ours named Rip Variel says they're willing to give up their rights for their responsibilities. And that's a kingdom leader looking at the people that you're responsible to and you have certain rights that you could easily get by with doing certain things but because you look at those that you're over that you're over you are you you're willing to give up your rights for your responsibility so that's that's the first trait that a kingdom leader is not given a drunkenness the second is a kingdom leader is not violent i'm not just talking about picking up a gun and shooting people i'm talking about be uh, the type of person who's who's gentle you know, you, you want to be gentle. You don't want to be easily riled up with and explosive with your words or deeds. You know, we grew up hearing a, a little phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Oh, no, no, no. No, it goes like this. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can do even worse. They can break my heart. The, and you cannot find a... You, you do not need to be the type of leader that is explosive with your words. Even Proverbs 16.32 says, one who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Think about Samson. He was the kind of guy, I would say Samson was not a kingdom leader, the way that we're talking about kingdom leader. Yes, God used him and God used him powerfully, but Samson walked alone. He was not a leader. Samson walked alone and he had a lot of issues. And that's one of the reasons why he did walk alone. Maybe he could have been as good a judge as Deborah was, who was a leader. But she was somebody who who controlled herself. Samson was not. You see, this word here, violent, is different than a defender. Like a real leader is a defender of what is right and true and just. So if I'm a, if I'm a husband, I'm a father, and someone comes into my home, there will be some violence taking place. In other words, <laughs> I am defending Gladly so. what is true. This word violent here means that you're explosive, easily riled up, and you're you're the one that's coming in, and you're creating problems and hostilities. That's not at all what a kingdom leader does. Yeah. So he's not violent even in the least. Okay. And so that's gentle. That's, that is a fruit of the spirit, gentle. So a kingdom leader is not given to drunkenness. A kingdom leader is not violent. The third thing, a kingdom leader is not quarrelsome, not quarrelsome. This is what Paul is telling Timothy. He can't be easily agitated, always ready to fight. You know, it's like a kingdom leader will fight, but he doesn't want to, right? He's got to be able to see people as people and, and, and not, you know, he's got to be able to recognize that, that people are different than ideas. God loves all people, but he does not love all ideas. So a kingdom leader has to recognize the difference between an idea and an individual. 
an idea keeps can keep an individual enslaved, but Jesus died for individuals. And so we've got to have a heart that doesn't want to quarrel with individuals. We can't be easily agitated. If you're easily agitated, it says there's, there's something, there's something undone in your life. Like you've got to go back and you've got to look at your history. You, maybe there's anger toward somebody who bullied you when you're younger. And now all of a sudden you're, you're quarrelsome. Like there's something there. You don't want to be the type of person that's quarrelsome. You've got to operate out of, out of a position of confidence and not insecurity. Because if you're quarrelsome, if you're an arguer, if you're always ready to fight, then it shows that you are an extremely insecure leader. Now, there's a difference between the scripture that teaches us that iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the countenance of another. We are supposed to speak and converse and engage in debate. We are supposed to do these things, but we're not supposed to be quarrelsome, which means that we can't even tell the temperature in the room. We talked about one of the quality characteristics of a kingdom leader is temperate, which means we are to be a thermostat and not a thermometer. A thermostat walks into a cool room and heats it up. A thermostat walks into a hot room and cools it down. You have to be temperate. And if you're temperate, then you're not going to be quarrelsome because you're going to understand the mood. You're going to understand the tone and the tempo of the conversation and the room. And you're going to know by the power of the Holy Spirit how you need to control the situation. But that does not mean that we allow the truth to be trampled in the streets or we allow someone who is robbing, killing, and destroying to get away with it. We engage but we are not out just simply trying to pick fights. Yes, you do not want to be a quarrelsome person. If you're quarrelsome, you're not fit for leadership. You're not fit for kingdom leadership. If you're always looking for a fight, that's not who you should be. All right, so let's talk about number four. The kingdom leader is also not a lover of money. Money can't have a grip on him. He's got to be able to see people as people, not dollar signs. And he finds his security in God. I, I think that this is so incredibly important because especially in today's name it, claim it, environment where, you know, God is supposed to bless us all with financial prosperity. I do believe that God wants to bless people with financial prosperity. I do not believe that it's meant for everybody. But when God gives you that opportunity and you can go out and get it, you you should go out and get it. That's but right. you don't need to be a lover of money, somebody who will will only go and do the thing if there's money attached to it and that's the sole purpose behind it. Look, David and I teach all the time to entrepreneurs there is nothing wrong with going after money. You just can't fall in love with it because what God does is he uses money as a carrot that gets us moving in a certain direction. Then once we move in that direction, the 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 issue of money is no longer on the table. So I'll give you an example. When David and I first started our business back in 2003, we were hardly making any money at all. So we started mowing lawns. I mean, that's what we did when we were teenagers. And we would, we told everybody, we're like, Hey, we can mow your lawns. We can, we can do it. And here David and I were, we were 27 years old. We were mowing lawns for $35 a pop and splitting it. And people were telling us, Hey, c- come and mow the lawn. And we're like, okay, great. And then they would pay us. I wouldn't have gone to mow that lawn if there wasn't a promise of money, if there wasn't the, the, the chance of making money. But once we got to the lawn, Making the money wasn't primary. See, I'll give you, I'll finish out the example with this. If I went and I quoted some guy $100 for his lawn, and when I got to the lawn the next day to do the lawn, I realized I misquoted it. It was actually a $200 lawn. What's my responsibility in that moment? My responsibility in that moment is to not do a $100 job, 
My responsibility is to do a $200 job and collect $100. Bucks. Because yes, I went there and I quoted it and I showed up because of the promise of making money. But once I showed up, money was now off the table. What was the most important thing for me to do is to do a good job, period. God would handle the money. Now, then you requote it for the next time. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's also a standard of measure. <laughs> but the key here is not that a person can't have money. It's that you cannot love money. And how do you get away from the love of money? Well, what's the Bible say? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where are you putting your money? What ministries are you giving to? Are you helping people in business? What? Where are you investing the resources that God has given you? And your heart will follow. And you will begin to love those who you're giving to or those who you're investing in. It's not just always giving, but it's investing as well. And that's where you'll love. And you will not be a lover of money. And you have to find your security in God because money, the reason why there are more scriptures talking about money than any other single topic, money, wealth, riches, than any other single topic in the Bible is because money can often represent your source of security. If you got a lot of money, you feel good. You feel secure. But in reality, God is telling us all throughout the Bible, I am your source of security. Money is not. Money is simply a tool. Money is a resource, which means it reflects the source. Yeah, it's a resource, which means it's an asset that you can draw on to, to help you function, which is great, but it's only a reflection of the true source. So Paul is telling Timothy, your leader cannot be someone who's in love with money, because if he loves money, he's not going to love God. All right, so do the review before we hit our fifth point. The f- So here they are again. Point number one, that they are not. They're not given to drunkenness, which means they're able to control their appetites. They're not violent which means that they're gentle, not easily riled up. They're not quarrelsome, which means they can't be easily agitated, always ready to fight. They're not lovers of money, which we just talked about. And then, and the, the fifth one is they're not a recent convert. Now, this is good. Now, we're talking about kingdom leaders here. I'm not talking about leadership outside of the, in terms of Christians. I'm talking about Christian leaders. If you want to be a kingdom leader, you can't be a recent recent convert in terms of the type of person that can then take someone and shepherd them into the ways of scripture, into the maturity of the faith. Yes, you can still be a kingdom leader, but you can't be the one that, that's actually specifically what Paul is talking about here with Timothy, the the kind of, you don't want a recent convert ever taken over a church. Yeah. Shepherding the church. Right. He can't be someone who wants too much influence too fast. Or he's, or he's right out of seminary. It's like, dude, yeah. you got a lot no, you of time. Ready. You got a lot of life to live. You ain't ready to pastor a church. But the same is true whenever we, as as leaders, we want to hire other leaders to come work with us or for us or whatever. We got to make sure that we're willing to allow them to grow slow. Yeah, a lot of a lot of quote leaders today, especially young people, when I've seen this in the church, is they are eager to be discovered, but they're not as eager to be developed. Yeah. That's a Christine. Yeah, Kane Christine quote. Kane said that, and I thought, man, that's a great point. You know, I remember Lori and I at, at Liberty University. We didn't have smartphones, so when we take a picture, it was actually like a Polaroid camera, yeah. and you'd snap it, and then you'd have to Go take to the roll of film to either Walmart or Walgreens or whatever, and they would develop it. And how they develop it is they would actually roll out into a dark room your film roll. And then this little red light, you know, and then the image would begin to emerge. But if the light came in, if you open the door too fast, it would blow out the exposure. But once, if you stay dark long enough, the image will, boom, it's just vibrant. And then it can be exposed to the light. It's the same way with the bamboo plant. The root system for six, seven years grows 18 inches. I mean, not even, excuse me, 
the, the top grows only 18 inches, but the root system grows incredibly deep. But in the next year, whether it's the seventh or eighth year, I don't remember exactly, but I know in that seventh or eighth year, it grows up to almost 80 feet yeah. because its root system is deep. And that's really where we got to go. We got to be, de- we got to be developed in the trenches with Jesus and allowing our theology to become biography. That's the key. And then over and over again, the logos word of God becomes the rhema word of God, which you can hold on to and apply to your life. That's why he says here in the church, you can't be a recent yeah. convert if you're going to shepherd God's people. And what we want to do is apply this to leadership and basically say that if this is you as a kingdom leader, you need to focus on depth. Let God handle breadth, which means go slow, trust the process, mature yourself, stay in the word, stay prayed up, get high high levels of accountability, make sure you're incorporating some fasting into your day, into your week and month and year or whatever. But you don't want to just be interested in trying to be discovered as a leader rather than developed as a leader. So be faithful in the little things. God is watching. So those are our five characteristics of a kingdom leader that they are not. They're not given to drunkenness. They're not violent. They're not quarrelsome. They're not lovers of money. They're not recent converts. But you know what they are? They are these nine things. They're above reproach. They're faithful in their marriage if they're married. They're temperate. They're self-controlled. They're disciplined. They're hospitable. They're able to teach. They manage their family well, and they're worthy of respect. Now, all of this for these last three weeks that we've been doing this three-part podcast series on the traits of a kingdom leader are all derived from 1 Peter 3, excuse me, 1 Timothy 3, Paul, the older man, talking to younger Timothy about the type of leaders that he needs to bring on to run the organization of a church. And we can apply it to the organization of our businesses and our lives and our own families. And I think this stuff is really, really, really solid. That's awesome. So that's it for today. Can't wait to talk to you next week. So let's do own it or loan it. Own it or loan it Yeezys. Yeezys? Yeah. Have we done that? You've already done that. No, we didn't. I didn't do Yeezys yet. Yeah. So do you guys know what Yeezys are? They're they're Kanye West shoes, man. I like Kanye. They're cool. I loved his interview on Tucker Carlson. The Yeezys don't fit right. David and I what both. Do you mean they have, don't fit right. You got jacked up feet. David and I both have bunions on our right foot. I think the Yeezys fit amazing, and I will say own it. Yeah, own it. I'm, but I, I can't I'm wear them because my it. feet my feet are so big. I'm a size 13. I'm only 6'2. I'm going to loan it. It's kind of jacked up. It so Jason loans it. David owns it. Whatever. <laughs> Listen, subscribe, rate, and review. Share this out with your friends. We uh, have now, by God's grace, gotten into the top 1% on Apple Podcasts, which is great. Sambo, our producer, came in and was like, hey, guys, congrats. So that's cool. You guys are listening, sharing it out. Hopefully, this is building and advancing and expanding the kingdom. Always remember this. Choose impact over income. But if you can have both, that's great. Go get it. I mean, why not? I've been really, really feeling this. Gotta bust a move or a show. Hey, hey, hey.